Welcome to the Back to Basketball Podcast. Athletes, experts, trainers, and mindset coaches. Conversations that will change your perspective on your mind and body and its capabilities so that you can train and live pain-free and with purpose. Now, here's your host, Darcy Koss. On today's episode of the Back to Basketball podcast, we have Graham Bechard. Graham is one of the world's leading mental performance coaches. He has worked with some of the NBA's best athletes and professional organizations. He has developed training programs and online courses to help athletes, coaches, parents, entrepreneurs, and working professionals take their mental game to the next level. His mission is to bring mental training to the masses so that anyone, not just professional athletes and CEOs, can learn to perform better and experience more joy in the process. Graham and I talk about what people get wrong with mindfulness and meditation, the power of vulnerability, the power of words and strategies for athletes and everyday people to incorporate mindfulness into their lives. Remember to like, rate, subscribe, and write a review on the podcast, as well as follow us on social media. Okay, here's my interview with Graham All Bichard. Right, today on the Back to Basketball podcast, we have Graham Bichard. Graham, thank you for joining us, man. Come on, Darcy. It's an honor to be here, man. I'm pumped. I'm hey, pumped. you know you know what's funny is I think everyone says that, but when you say it, I'm actually believing it. So <laughs> I, I, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. It's an honor to have you on. Um, you know, you obviously worked with a whole bunch of people and you've been doing what you've been doing for a long time. So I, I would... I would consider you an expert. So super excited to have you on. Now, formerly in doing the research, I saw you're actually a trained sports psychologist. However, you call yourself a mental skills coach. So I'm curious as to why. Um, I call, you know, I call myself a mental skills coach. Uh, You know, I have a master's degree in sports psychology. Um, The titles change all the time with what you can call yourself. So Mm-hmm. You know, ultimately, I call myself a mental skills coach because when I got into this, you know, 16, 17 years ago, I w- it, uh, mental training is the subtleties of linguistics a lot. And even the linguistics of the word psychology was loaded with so many emotions for people, and so many things. So you go, OK, people are going to run away from that word, even if it's good for them. So mm-hmm. the word skill and coaching, I was like, those words people know are OK, like a skill you got to practice coaching, yeah. you go towards. And I just threw in the mental and was like, let's go and let's own it. And so I, I tried to create a proactive mental skills approach. So basically, I'm a teacher. You know, I don't want to call myself a teacher, but essentially I am a teacher and I teach it before you ask. And most of the time, most people I worked with, it took four or five years before they even knew anything I was teaching had any <laughs> validity. And so my work, I don't look for anyone's approval outside of me. I'm serving. This is from a place of source. And most of the NBA players I've ever worked with, I met them when they were children. And they were just little kids and they listened. Um, but all of this is through giving. And uh, yeah, so mental skills coach is the title I was calling myself. And as I evolve in it now, I find myself calling myself a recording artist now, which is wild. Because uh, I find myself delivering a lot of the mental training through music. Mm. And if you think about titles, mental skills coach even has a framework around it. If I say recording artist, the framework goes away. And then all of a sudden, I can use any word I've ever learned. I can use any emotion I've ever learned. I can get this. You know how you said, like, man, everyone says they're uh, honored to be here. But when I said it, you felt something different. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's my normal experience in life is people feel things differently from me, but I have to have my full bag of stuff. So as I go into the title of uh, recording artist, it, it, it literally Darcy is just to give myself space. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just so mm-hmm. I have more room, even though, you know, sports psychology consultant. I don't think even legally I can call myself that even though I have a master's degree in sports psych. So it, you know, it changes every like, you know, five years, 10 years, but, um, um, you know, really what I am is I'm a, I'm a spiritual being living the human experience, choosing to serve, you know, uh, sports psychology might be what I do, or recording <laughs> not who I am though, you know? <laughs> Absolutely, man. I, yeah. I appreciate that perspective. Um, so, uh, in saying that, um, what role, you know, I guess has mindfulness played in your life personally? And I guess even to add to that question, when did it start playing a role in your life? You know, I got introduced to this stuff as a 19-year-old going through a rough depression, first year of college basketball, and uh, reached out to my mom for help. She introduced me to a healer in San Francisco. So I didn't learn, wasn't psychology or, you know, even like therapy. I was learning like practices from like 15, 16,000 years ago, you know, from ancient Indian Sanskrit. We would probably know the word as mindfulness now, which is a made-up word that they created, you know, 20, 30 40 years ago or something like that. But it, it is just the ability to manage, uh, manage yourself, call it inner engineering. So I got taught that stuff going through a rough time as a 19 year old, completely changed my life. And I was like, I couldn't imagine not sharing this with the world. You mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so obviously it's a big part of who you are. It's kind of like you're being, like you said, you're here to serve. Um, yeah. So what does, you know, a typical morning look like do you like for you yeah. do you have a, a regular routine or do you have yeah. a regular meditation practice that you that you do and if you do how often do you do you practice yeah so you know my practice started uh in 1997 you know and they didn't even teach me the word meditation when i came in and sat down she just said close your eyes and start breathing <laughs> i was like what is this shit? <laughs> you know but <laughs> then it started working and then after my first session when i opened my eyes she goes okay now that you know what being present is you know you have to manage stuff here in the present she said you know you have to practice it every day and i said oh it's a practice so i have to have a routine every day right Mm -hmm. this this isn't a skill set of an athlete like we know we know how to do stuff every day a little bit every day you struggle through it some days you don't want to do it some days you do so my routine is always uh, i exercise first so the way i access my mind and the way i access getting centered is the first thing i do is get into my body and I, and I start to manage the feelings, I manage the energy, the electricity, you know, yoga was designed not for flexibility, it's designed to do movement for a while, and at the end, you're at a higher state of consciousness, ready to meditate in that state, but it's not like, how, how far can my legs spread open, mm-hmm. or something like that, mm-hmm. so I do movement in the morning, just to get better access to being centered, um, so it's an open eye meditation, I do an open eye moving meditation, um, I've done tons of closed eye meditations in my life, Ultimately, in my life, I'm walking around with my eyes open, you know, so there's different ways to do things. So I don't sit every day, you know, for a certain amount of time or anything like that. But I get into my body first, which brings me into the present, right? I'm in my body and then I can manage my emotions. Can't control your emotions, but I can I can deal with whatever's here better. I can center myself in the present. And then, Darcy, this is what I'm doing. I'm trying to to hear better. And when I mean here, I mentioned the word service. So what am I serving? I'm serving what I hear. Not this manic voice that lives up here. You center yourself and you listen to that still calm voice that tells you exactly what to do. Its intelligence is superior in every way. And it makes you face every fear you've ever known when you listen to it. 
but that all I'm trying to do is listen to that voice. Uh, so meditation is for sure a part of it, but my ritual every day is I work out every morning and then pretty much at the end of every day I work out. That's how I kind of start and stop my day. And I'm not working out like some in CrossFit or I'm just like, get a good sweat, get a good movement, just feel good. I don't want to be in pain in my body in my forties. You know, I just want to feel good, get a sweat and then hear better when I'm done, man. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. So now you, you reminded me of a, a practice. I you know this is a podcast and, and uh, you were talking about that voice and uh, it was a, um, you know, I forget what podcast it was, but anyways, they went on to, to, to kind of say exactly what you said is that, um, you know, sometimes when they're struggling or, you know, they need to, to kind of recenter, they stop and they, and they were able to access. And again, I don't, he didn't go into the, how he does it, but it's, it's very much how you did is access that other voice and kind of, he, he has a certain question that he just asks. And it's like, what, what am I meant to do right now? It was something like that. And it sounds very much like you're accessing because it's not this. It's kind of no. like, again, it's this other, you know, being no. that just, it just comes to you. And it's separate from that, like, you know, I got to do this. I got to do that. What's happening now? Uh, what's, what did I do yesterday? All that. It's completely different. Right. 100% different. We all hear it when we're born. Everyone does. It's crystal clear. You may not even know what it is, but you hear it. And then I've noticed we get kind of tuned away from it, you know, and we get tuned right into logic. And logic is intelligent, but logic isn't anywhere close to this level of intelligence. Like if you look at my career, I can't logically explain any of it, Darcy, like any of it. (laughs) I can say I was serving, then you look back and go, it's a glorious journey and all these (laughs) things happen. But I'm like, bro, I was just living in the moment, trying Mm -hmm. to read what to do and listen to the voice. And the voice would tell me to do something. And I'd be like, that's so scary. I don't want to do it. And then I would say, wait a second, though. What other choice do I have? Like, Mm -hmm. and I would just lean into it, be vulnerable, serve what it says. So the key is once you hear well, I mentioned everything that helps me here. I get up and I work out. I eat that makes me feel better. Um, I, I get myself centered. Then I hear better. Now, when you hear Darcy, it doesn't mean it's easy to do it, right? Hearing might be you hear someone say, hey, man, let's go to the gym and work out. It doesn't mean people go and work out, mm-hmm. right? Because what it's telling me to do is hard, man. It told me to beat a mental health stigma where there was no job 16 years ago and nothing. And it said, yeah, go do it anyway. And everyone went around me was like, there's no jobs. You're making a thousand dollars a year. Like mm-hmm. how, how? And I was like, man, I can't even comprehend how this is working, but I have to just lean into it. And then you lean into it for a decade. And then all of a sudden the shit happens. Like I'm being real. And you're like, whoa. And then all of a sudden it goes from this magic thing. You don't know how it happens to like, now you know the mechanics of life. Mm-hmm. It's just, you have to have lethal patience to take your time. Everyone has an emotional timeline. that's like, I got to get it done right now. Yeah. And that's based on logic. And that's how ignorant logic is. That's how ignorant logic is. It'll make it seem like you have to do it quick. And then the anxiety kicks in and someone's racing and they don't even know where they're going. You know this. So mm-hmm. when you listen to that other voice, first of all, you're required to still yourself to hear it. So how do you access that voice? Work out, meditate, <laughs> center yourself, eat right, create space. Don't just be busy all the time. Create space mm-hmm. to have nothing to do so you can hear. Mm-hmm. And then just start to see what you hear, take notes, and you'll read the notes and be like, it's genius. Do I have the courage to do it? Mm-hmm. Um, so it comes down to courage, right? This isn't like, and the logic goes, well, I need to have enough money in the bank to do it. That's where logic will sabotage your life. It'll be like, well, I'll get to, I'll get to following that voice later. Mm-hmm. Let's just spend the next 20, 30 years get, making sure we're cool. Then we'll go see if we can follow that voice. That's, man, what a trap, right? So I just yeah. basically did the other thing. I'm like, I'm gonna follow the voice now since I learned to hear it in 19 again, and then just never look back. And it was like, I'll just have devotion, which is that athlete, like kind of ruthless commitment. 
And man, once things start to show up, right, what looks like magic, I can't explain how my career's unfolded, but I can explain that I create space. I'm devoted and I listen and I serve. How it happens, man, I don't even know. <laughs> Come on, man, I don't know. But I, I do do the work uh, yeah. to set the space. So yes. that's where you have to own the credit. You're like, no, no, I do the work to create the space every day. And then I let source come in and, and handle it. And then I do what it says. So I'm a hell of a servant. You can coach me really well. And my boss is that deep voice. And I do what the hell it says. Um, and I've done it enough to where I know how it works. And I know how to devote myself to it. And I'm in no hurry, Darcy. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's the whole thing. If you're not, I'm in my 40s. I'm in no hurry. Mm-hmm. If you can take your time and not think you're like, in some hurry, all of a sudden you start to walk to win and everything starts to slow down because think of an athlete under pressure. Are they anxiously in a hurry when they're doing really well? No. So why would we go through life anxiously in a hurry? That's the opposite of peak performance. Yet people think they're competing and getting ahead by doing that. They're losing the whole time and don't know it. And that's mm-hmm. like the craziest thing I've ever seen because slowing down, they're like, I'm going to miss it. And I'm like, if you slow down, you'll actually experience it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. <laughs> you, you know, know this, man. I, hey, man, I, I, trust me, man. The, the moment I started giving myself more space was the moment that, you know, I actually was living, like you said. And you step back and you're like, okay, you know, let, let things, things, like you said, they just kind of happen. You know, you're not out here trying to force things. You're just living and, you, and you're experiencing things. You're being very present. And I think that for me, you know, just that whole shift in understanding and like you said getting away from logic as much as possible because logic has its place like it serves us in a certain way but if it's the only function we have as humans then yeah exactly like you said you're you know you're always trying to catch something that's not even there and and that's that's (laughs) just that's fleeting man it's not it's not good so speaking of you know um you know meditation specifically and mindfulness using those words you know you had yeah. at the start of the conversation you said hey you know when when people say sports psychologists or certain things that people assume but a lot of emotions and assumptions and or even stereotypes come up when you say the word mindfulness and yeah. especially meditation now that well i mean even before but now they're kind of in the in the norm you know people people hear it they may not practice but what are some things that people get wrong about mindfulness and meditation you know, that's a, a really good question, man. I think you brought up a lot of it. Just the, just that word is so, can be so triggering. So one of the things that I've noticed is, you know, the word mindfulness or meditation to someone who has a certain religious practice can be devastating. It can be like, that's the devil or that's, uh, you know, it's everything we're not supposed to do. So therein lies the, the illusion. That's not true at all. Um, and as you start to study spirituality and like quantum physics, they are right here and they're mm-hmm. head to head. So I've worked at like some Catholic schools and I'm sitting there with the head priest and they're like, hey, let's talk about mindfulness because guess what? It's basically the same thing as prayer and meditation. And so they just tie it all together and everyone gets lost in linguistics, right? It's just mm-hmm. linguistics. It's just a sound that's made up. It's a made up sound. What is, is. So what we want to do is just get to what is. Everyone's over here like the words and you're like, bro, what is, is. That's a fact. There's creation and there's creator. However that works, whatever that is to you, something made it. Here we are in it. So I just laugh at all the words and just kind of be like, come on, everyone. And I'm like, is anyone intelligent here? And we all say yes. Let's use our intelligence. What is, is, right? Let's not get caught up in the words. Let's use our intelligence right now. So right away, of course, they have feelings. That's easier said than done. Even though your intelligence knows what I said, you might have a belief system that says like, well, God said, this and this, and I, I was told, you know, mindfulness is this, this and that. Um, I have patience. I just roll with them. 
And I say, well, let me know when you're ready with love. And I just express mindfulness in that moment. I be it. Like I just be that loving thing. So whatever word comes from me, all of a sudden they're like, oh, <laughs> turns out it's not what I thought. Maybe because I, I try to come from it. You know what I mean? Like when mm -hmm. I said I was honored to be on your show and you're like, it felt different. I mean, I'm trying to come from it. So any sound I put on it should resonate with you because it is it. I don't know if that makes sense, man, but mm -hmm. like, that's how I do it. And so mm -hmm. I go in there and I'm like, hey, it's okay. Uh, I had a person a couple years ago and was like, who are you to teach meditation? And I was like, wow, I've never had someone like, you know, question me on that or pull my card. And I was like, well, I'll tell you, man, it's not sports psychology. Still super nervous to say what I'm actually teaching because I'm like, man, I'm going to freak them out if they know how deep I go with this shit. Uh -huh. And uh, he was like, I know what you're doing. It's not sports psych, but I need you to know that what you're teaching has a foundation that's so solid you can't be shook. Right. So the word mindfulness, again, was made up in the last, what, four or five decades mm -hmm, or something mm -hmm. like that. Meditation. These are these are made up stuff, but they've been around forever. So basically, I just kind of live it. I doesn't believe me for a couple of years. And usually, you know, like Jalen Brown, five years after working with him, he was like, hey, turns out everything you said works. And I was like, wow, crazy. You didn't believe that. That's on your ass. Like, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just laugh at that. You know what I mean? That's how I can allow them to come into the space. Because I don't say you have to believe it. You say something like this, man, believe me or don't. I don't care at all, but I need you to experience it. You need to be an experientialologist, right? If you don't have the experience, then you don't know what's going on. So don't just know that I'm saying something. You don't have to believe or disbelieve it, but check it out for yourself. Be an explorer. Mm -hmm. And then when they go check it out, they're like, turns out it's not that bad. Turns out it's not <laughs> against my God. Turns out I actually have a better connection with my God when I do that. I'm like, oh. How about that? <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I appreciate that. And just, you know, like you said, you just come with it and you're not, you're not trying to necessarily convince anyone, but no. I think, you know, I've, I've, uh, uh, I have actually haven't experienced this personally, but you know, I've, I've heard it come up before where people um, I've heard of people who say, Hey, I practice meditation. And then they kind of scoff at them or, you know, they belittle it or they act like it's like, yeah, what are, you, what are you doing? You're wasting your time. Or, you know, I've heard people who say that they spend um, and actually something I actually tried as a practice. I, I went 60 days meditating for an hour because I'm like, I wanted to try this. I've never yeah. spent that length of time. So I said, I'm going to do it for a length of time. And, and a lot of people were like, well, like, aren't you going to like, you're going to be like, don't you have things to do and things like, like they were like pressing me like that. And I was like, well, yeah, I just do them later. Like, it's, it's not a big deal. And so I know that there is a certain stereotype that can come with it. And so you kind of speak to that. And I, I appreciate your perspective because, again, you just kind of said everything from the beginning of our conversation till now, you're just like, I live this. Like, I live this. Yeah. I live I mean, this. Darcy, you know, I'm a, this, is, this is it, you know? I walk into a fight with like two mallets and the person next to me has like a butter knife and they're like, you're, they're like mallets, say mallets for mindfulness. They'll be like, mallets aren't shit. And I'll be like, oh my God, bro, I'm going to end you. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you're in a competitive space with me. So it's not so like that firepower is so surreal in me that I just usually go like beat the fuck out of them. Yeah. And then after they're like, oh, what have you been doing? And I'm like, well, we've yeah. been doing this, this, and this, 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 and this. This is how we do it. This is how you apply it. It's way more badass to be vulnerable than avoid being vulnerable. No problem if you've never done it. But mm -hmm. I'm going to have no mercy on you if you're not doing this and I'm doing it and we're competing. I'm going to have no mercy on you. Yeah. What, so yeah. that's respect to you. That's respect. Yeah. And we're going to be in the present potent. We don't play the score. We don't worry about that. We play how potent we are in the moment. And you know when you do that, when you play that game and you're not keeping track of math and you're just like, how potent am I in this moment trusting? It's you. I mean, that's it. That's 
That's yeah. the top. So yeah, well, I tend to, uh, <laughs> everywhere I go, I try to win too. And I knew that I was like, I'm going to have to win for, to open people's eyes, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because people sometimes need to see it. And I've noticed too, Darcy, they need to feel it. So I've had mm-hmm. people 15 years ago be like, bro, you're so soft. Everything you're teaching is soft. And I was like, hey, no problem. And then 10 years later, they're like, can you please teach my kids that? Because it's the tough. Like, literally, they start crying and asking me to teach their kids. That's yeah. how humbled I am. So yeah. when they call me soft, I'm like, oh, bro, I'm going to take everything from you for a <laughs> But, you know, this is with love. Yeah, man, because yeah. you know what's an advantage. Mm-hmm. When you mm-hmm. know what this is, how lethal this is, what this is, and you see someone else got played and they think that word is soft, it's almost like, I'm like, okay, am I supposed to go full power? Because I'm going to end it. You know what I mean? I'm going to end the stigma. I'm going to end all that. And sometimes yeah. I don't want all that weight. I, I, I dealt with this knowing when I started this, you know, people would say this was soft. Inside, I'm just laughing, bro. I'm just uh-huh. like, oh, I feel uh-huh. so bad for you. Like, you may not be here in a decade. And if you are, I'm going to steamroll you. And I always say it like that because they talk to me competitive. I'm like, cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I have to be humbled by it at the end when I win everything. And not me, but like this, the way does win. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like ask Michael Jordan, bro. When Kobe was around, ask him. Like ask mm-hmm. those dudes what this mm-hmm. is. Ask George Mumford who taught him that shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they are, they're humbled by it. Um, so I tend to be humbled by it, but then still speak with firepower. And that tends to open people up. And then I also tell people if they think mindfulness is soft, again, I'll say, hey, man, you, if you don't want to do it, you can never talk to me about wanting to win. And as I bury you, bro, don't, don't reach out for help. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because this is, this, if you don't want the advantage, don't think I'm going to give it to you when we're winning. And then they go, okay, I want it right now. I'm like, okay, no problem, do it. <laughs> so, I, you know, you just try to have fun, you know, talk yeah. some smack with people, you know, yeah, yeah. like have fun with it. Yeah. I like that. And, I, and you mentioned it uh, a, a couple of times in, uh, when, when you were just speaking there. Is, and it's something that I've learned to practice, you know, I call it self-love or being yeah. kind to yourself. And it's, it's literally the one piece of advice I give to any friends who are going through anything. You know, people, your friends come to you and, and they talk and they, they're going through tough times. And they want advice. And I mean, no one really listens to your advice anyways. I mean, you're saying do this. Yeah. Do but the one thing I always tell them, I say, I don't care what you do. You just have to be kind to yourself. And essentially, mm-hmm. just don't beat yourself in the process of whatever you're doing. Whatever you're going through right now, just don't beat yourself up for it. So in saying all of that, I was wondering if you can give me your thoughts on vulnerability and its role in mental health. Yeah. 100%, man. The very first thing I learned after she told me to close my eyes and breathe and meditate, she handed me a, a pen and a piece of paper and said, write down, I love myself unconditionally 20 times. And I was like, that's corny. And she was like, do it. And I started writing it down. And with every sentence, I started to feel it more. I started to feel it. So I would write down this affirmation. I love myself unconditionally. So I don't love myself if I'm good at sports. I don't love myself if I'm good at school. No matter what, I love myself. And then she made me meditate on that. And she said, you need to say this to yourself a hundred times a day. And that, that work sounds kind of corny. You know what I mean? You're like, here I am, 1997. I'm 19 years old. I'm like, say I love myself unconditionally. You know what I mean? But, all, but man, you start doing that and you start getting fulfilled. And all of a sudden you start getting fulfilled. These little things that come from the outside can't hit you as much, right? The negative energies, venom from other people because you're like, wait, I love myself. So even if they're like, you're terrible at sports, you're like, yeah, that might be true. But like, I'm okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just that sports. So then you, you know how to be vulnerable because you're like, oh, wait a second. I can go put it on the line because whether I fail at this or I'm successful at it, I'm filled. So I can recover after. And when you know you can recover after by loving yourself unconditionally, you can be like, man, I just dropped three touchdowns. That's crazy. But I know how to recover. 
Kobe Bryant famously shot three air balls when he was 19 in the playoffs. The thing that people don't talk about is after that, he learned self-love. This ruthless thing you have to do by yourself and only you can do it by yourself, Darcy. No one else can do it. Everyone else can be like, I love you so much. You're amazing. And you're like, whatever, whatever. You have to be like, wait, I'm here with myself. I love myself, even though I failed miserably at basketball. Basketball is what I do, not who I am. And that's super vulnerable. But once you experience that and you start to fill up, you have the courage to go into other vulnerable situations. And then what happens, Darcy, is you start to realize this shit is badass. Mm-hmm. And now you go, wait, vulnerability is where all the magic happens. And you start to hunt vulnerability. And you start to look for it because you know that's where it happens. Like when you go work out, if you're not looking to get uncomfortable, you don't know how to grow muscles, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. once you learn getting uncomfortable is how you grow muscles, you look to get uncomfortable for a certain amount of time, not 24 hours a day, <laughs> but you're like, if I'm a hoop for like 35 minutes, I'm going to do it the whole 35 minutes, mm-hmm. period. In the next 23 and a half hours, I'm going to work on recovering from that. But when you allow yourself to be vulnerable, be present and go for it, your energy becomes so potent, so powerful, Um, whether or not like Kobe Bryant, whether or not he scored 81 points in a game or missed 22 straight shots, the same potency energy after. It's surreal because it's the same devotion and commitment to being present, being vulnerable. Just one day the shots went in, one day they did. You can't control that shit. Mm -hmm. That's the vulnerable piece. He figured out how to do that when he was 19 and missed a whole bunch. And then he was like, if I can recover from that, some point I'll make them, right? Come on, of course. Mm-hmm. But so if you can't recover, you won't be vulnerable. But then once you can recover, like a surfer who can hold their breath underwater for a few minutes, they, they'll, t- they'll catch bigger waves. Because they're like, if I get wiped, I'll just be cool under the w-. If you can't hold your breath, you're not going to catch a wave. Mm-hmm. So you have to learn how to fall, which is vulnerable. Then you realize if you can do that, all your, your victories come to you. So the term is victory goes to the vulnerable, bro. That's where it's at. And when you like experience it. being vulnerable... You do it, show up, and later on you get an energy surge. That's like champion. That's like being a champion. You know, you're mm. like, I am a champion. <laughs> yeah. Victory goes to the vulnerable. I don't, I'm not saying vulnerable when you're in physical danger mm. or staying in an abusive relationship or something like that. I'm saying, you know what I mean? Like, I'm afraid to fail. Mm. But, like, really, I'm not in danger whatsoever. Like, there's no danger. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So going into that space is where the magic happens. It's where the magic happens. I love that. Just does. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, that's that's amazing. I've definitely experienced moments like that before. And so yeah. you know, when you're saying that, I'm like, yeah, man, absolutely. Wait, so you see, uh, and the, the persona I try to embody is called a swordless samurai. So you know those famous warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, they were bad. They were amazing with their sword, right? We can't take a sword and cut down things outside of us that we think are agitating us. So all the work is inside. So every mm-hmm. time you're vulnerable and you face that and lean into it, you just won as a swordless samurai. And you want to stack your wins all day. And you want to, at the end of the day, be like, every time my stuff came up, I leaned right into it, won that shit, was vulnerable as hell. No one from the outside has any idea what you're doing because all of it is happening inside, mm-hmm. except they just start to notice that you become potent, that mm-hmm. you just become like really here. And then later on, they realize you've been winning on the inside forever. So that's, that's the sword of the samurai approach. And that's how we try to win. And it'll show up on the outside, but it looks like on the inside. Like, you can't know peace on the outside until you know war inside. And a lot of people are taught that. If you don't win these wars inside, it's a war, bro. Don't kid yourself. It is a war pulling you in directions you shouldn't go into, in places you shouldn't go. Ignorance has no limitation, and there's emotion attached to it, and it'll pull you along. Sword of the Samurai, you cut all that shit off and get back <laughs> to the center and be like, no, you ain't taking me from the moment. Sit in it, meditate. Yeah. Channel the energy. Learn to expand yourself. Be abundant. And it feels extremely vulnerable, you yeah. know, but uh, that's how, that's the process. That's how it works. So 
so that's that's perfect segue into my next question because it's it, my next question um, is for people who maybe haven't accessed that or 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 can't access that vulnerability or are trying to or you come to them and and you know what you're like I'm going to teach you this. So what are some strategies, you know, maybe speaking about basketball players, or I mean, you know what, honestly, yep. just everyday people, yep. it doesn't really matter, but that they can use when they're feeling low confidence or they're in a slump. Like what are some real tangible things that they can start doing? The first thing you do is you immediately be aware of your language and you talk empowering. So instead of saying, I can't access my power, I'm learning to access my power right now. Even if you've never figured it out, you immediately start with shifting your language. I'm choosing to access my power today. I'm choosing to figure it out and I'm down to be lost to find it totally down. So all of your language is empowering. You're not saying I can't find it. It's outside of me. No, it's inside of me. I have it. I choose to unlock it. I embrace my journey now. And so that's the very first thing I was, that's hope, right? There's hope. Mm -hmm. So you're shifting from like, I can't do it. It's outside of me. You have to start with, I can, and I choose to access it. And then that's the start. So you start with saying, wait, it's not going to come from the outside. No one else has control. So we're going from a victim mentality to a vulnerable mentality. Right? And the top level is victory. But to be vulnerable, we say, wait, I have access to this. For some reason, I blocked my own access. I don't know why, but let me choose to figure it out. You know what I mean? And you, so you just start right there. But you've got to be aware of the language because that is how people give away all their power. They think it's outside of it. They think someone else can do it for them. No, someone else took it from them. No, only you can deny yourself from it. You're the most powerful thing we have. So if you choose to start to access it, your journey has started, you know? And then from there, the rest of your life, you spend working just like I'm doing. There's no end game. You're just like the rest of my life, I spend working on accessing it and hearing it and figuring out different ways to do it. But my intention is to hear it. And then, yeah, start a meditation practice. Close your eyes, start to listen. You know, and just start doing that and then start down writing the affirmation. I love myself unconditionally. You can do that right now, right now. Yeah, I think those are some things. The language piece is, is a big one um, that, you know, I've more recently started to notice and, and, and to, you know, really pay attention. Like, you know, if you're, yeah. am, I, am I blaming other people for things? Right. Am I doing right. something? Am I saying, yeah, you know what? It's this person always comes in. They're bothering me. They're doing this. It's their fault. And then, and the moment I stop, I mean, I guess it probably happened at the same time as I started, you know, again, being more vulnerable, that all kind of just comes together. But I stopped using language like that because I realized it's like, if that person's bothering me, it's because of me, not because of them. Like that, they're just doing whatever they do. I mean, of course, if they're assaulting me, that's a whole other thing. But if they're just, if why am I annoyed by that person? That's a yep. me thing. I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed. It's me. And so, there you, go. Yeah, you know, and so I stopped using uh, vocabulary like that, or at least I'm much more aware of it. And if I start speaking that way, I just stop. Like, what do I do? This is, it's not worth it. So, yeah, I love I love the way you you know you give them that thing. Start with the language because it's that's kind of the way we communicate. And then and then, you know, tell me if I'm wrong here, Graham. Is like when you know if you start speaking like, hey, you're you know you're a victim. You're like this person's doing that. Yeah. This person's doing that. It is it. It's the exact contrast of what you're saying to do is to say, I love myself unconditionally because saying and saying and thinking things just changes. It's, it almost becomes who you are. It is who you are, right? If you are constantly saying, I love myself unconditionally, I love myself unconditionally. Or if you're saying that person annoys me, my, my job sucks, all this stuff, then you're going to be that person. It's like- You, cre you create your own reality, man. Yeah. It's, the, it's the heaviest thing to realize how powerful you are. It's yes. the craziest thing to realize the absolute amount of power you have. 
And as you start to welcome in the power, the next phases are, what do I do with all this energy? How do I, because energy is existing 24 seven at all times. It's the human that needs to sleep. Like we have, we have a body, but the energy is always there once you unleash it. So learning to manage this is everything. But yeah, like you said, it, it absolutely started this word victimhood. Um, mm-hmm. It crushes people. Victimhood is like fast food. It's always there. It's easy to get to. Uh, it's a cheap source of energy. It comes in you quick and then it falters and you don't have mm-hmm. anything for long. Mm-hmm. So to plug yourself into a different current takes effort. It's harder. You have to do more work. So if you think of yourself like a lamp, right? We're, we're a lamp. I got to plug myself into the right outlet, right? And if I plug myself into the right outlet, light comes through me. Like I'm not the light, but I become a vessel. If I plug myself into the wrong outlet, maybe light comes through for 10 seconds, then it fizzles out, maybe it shorts out and sets the house on fire, and then you're <laughs> running around your whole life. So the idea is don't fall for the victim energy, even though it's mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. The challenge is you might have 12 people around you who that's all they do all day long. Yeah. And you see them getting uh, some comfort from that. People are like, oh my God, I feel so bad for you. People, It's a currency. Victimhood is a currency. Now, I'm not saying if you've really been victimized. We're not talking about that. I'm talking about sustained energy that you've been using your whole life and you don't need to use that anymore. So here's the deal. To go from victim energy to a higher vibration, you literally have to empty yourself first. Mm-hmm. And you have to com- and emptying feels even worse than running on victim <laughs> energy, right? So you're like, the first thing is it's just I empty myself. Oh, then you have to be completely empty and lonely, be completely lost. And then guess what starts to come into you? Mm -hmm. exactly the new energy a ray of hope comes into you then you start to fill up with the new energy and it's like a whole new octane and you run so much better and you think thank god i learned to empty but during that empty phase you go through the valley of the shadow of death i Mm -hmm. mean there's no other way to look at it Um, that's why i call myself a guide i'm just like look i can't do the work for you but let's get right to that place and let's get empty and then let's let source fill you up with the high octane shit let's start running on that Um, (laughs) And, and cro- emptying is like crossing that river, right? And, and you don't yeah. know what's in the river. It's scary. It's dark. Yeah. You know, but uh, that, that's where we have to go. <laughs> yeah. I've, I, I've been there, brother. I've been there. Okay. Man. Yeah, like, right. I've been there. I didn't know what it was at the time, man. I reflect back on it now and it was just like, man, was it hard. But that's man, right. was it worthwhile? Like, you know, I don't, but it was hard. It was definitely hard. So it, it, by design. Yeah. By design, it's hard. Yeah. I mean, that, that's how you, that's how transformation occurs. Like mm-hmm. you don't gain muscle without resistance. So it, that's design. There, there's, yeah. So if you approach this all with like, oh, it's just like training. You know what I mean? Hey, it's an, it really intense to cross that river. Didn't know what was going on, but I had some good coaches around me saying, breathe and show up and you got it. And then fucking you do it. And you're like, holy shit, I'm that strong. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah. you didn't know, but good people around you, hopefully were pushing you into that vulnerable place in a safe way. Not risky, not doing anything crazy, but you're like, no, you're, you know, like a good strength coach when you're like, I don't know if I can handle this. They're like, you're fine. Yeah. And then you do it. And you're like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> yeah. You surprise yourself. Right. 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 Yeah. That's awesome, man. So I, you know, I, I, in doing some of the research, uh, you know, taking in some of your content, I've heard a couple of buzzwords, um, sentences, I should say, that I really liked. And then they, and so I was curious if you can unpack them and explain them a little yep. bit. So the sentences were um, what's important now, which you have an acronym WIN. And yeah. then uh, the other one is playing present. And yeah. so you can just unpack those, explain why they're important and, and how, yep. you, how you use them to, to, to guide people. You know, when I first started working uh, in basketball, I was working with a JV basketball team from 2004 to 2010. So 14, 15 year olds. And I was like, okay, 
I have to create a language that I can talk to a 14 year old in, in a 30 second timeout that makes sense. I can't be saying like mindfulness and all these crazy ass <laughs> words, right? You have a 20 second timeout or whatever, like these little kids. So, <laughs> so as I was teach, I was a, I was a JV basketball coach. That was my full-time job. But the whole time I was like, you know, secretly a mental coach trying to learn language. And so when, right, I was like, what's the absolute first thing we have to do? And of course we want to win, but the irony is you can't control that. So we kind of got to what's important now, like what's actually in our control. What's the essence? And the essence is we're playing present. So every great game, every win, when you get to the essence of what happened, they'll be like, I was so present. Like that, there's, that's always how it is. Mm -hmm. Then they go, man, I had no idea. I had all those points. I was present. No one is not present and plays well. That just doesn't happen. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I was like, if we focus on what we can control, win. And then instead of focusing on like making shots all the time, what's the essence of making a shot? It's being present. So we would say play present. And we would tell all the players, we don't care if you make or miss. And at first they looked at us like, they were like, you're crazy. I was like, no, listen, I know you're trying to make the shots, right? No one's trying to miss the shot. And if you're really good at basketball, you miss half the shots. So, dude, we're not going to, like, fuss over which ones go in and which ones don't. Let's focus on playing present. And so we, that became the language that we would talk about in the most tense moments. Um, you know, um, sorry, instead of talking about, like, we, we got to win or, or don't lose, it was like, just be present. And, every, and, and as, as we practiced that during practice every day, we would just use that language over and over again. And we realized, okay, being present is hard, even though everyone knows this. So then the third thing that came up, which I think is powerful, is next play speed. And so we thought when you're not present, first of all, you got to catch yourself and realize, oh, man, where am I? I'm in the past or the future. Yeah. And next play speed is how fast can I come back? So we said this. If you can focus on what you can control, that's winning. You can play present. That's our emphasis. And then next play speed is how fast can you come back when you make a mistake or whatever and come back to the moment. Do that, and we're going to be tough to beat. I, I was like, hey, man, I'll be here four years, um, and then I was going to move on. By, the, by our fourth year there, Mission High School in San Francisco, we were so good. We were rolling, and we were rolling teams because all we were doing was present and moving on to that next play fast. And, man, it's what's 2020 now. That school went on a roll from 2004 to now. That's the greatest run in San Francisco history public school. It won the state title in 2017, the first state title in the history of public schools in San Francisco. And in that state title game, right, Mission High School, this little public school from the city where I'm from, played this private school. Mission High School is up by seven with a minute to go in the state finals in California. Blows the lead in the last minute. Blows it. Going into overtime, right? Other team is fired up. They're like, we got it. You go to the missions timeout. They sit there. Bro, they don't even give a shit what just happened at all. They're so dialed, so present. Don't even know they just gave up seven straight points in the last minute in the state finals. Go right into overtime and roll that team. I mean, just <laughs> roll them. And then after they're doing the interviews, they're like, man, we we're just present. Our next play speed is too fast, bro. You can't stop us. And if we don't stop ourselves, you're going to have a hard time beating us. And I was looking at him, and I had left mission years ago. Just the culture, that language, the simplicity of the linguistics yeah. was still there, and they – and. They knew to go to it. They'd been doing it since they were 14. So all these dudes were 18 in the state finals. They're like, it's in our DNA to be present. Like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And I was like crying, like, my God, like, oh, you know, like, yeah. it, it works. You know? so, um, <laughs> now, that's a 15-year run I just explained to you. So this isn't mm -hmm. like we did it one year. This is the year we started. The dudes who were going to win it were like two years old.
Mm-hmm. And they started to hear the language in the city, started to know this mission was winning. Hey, what are those guys doing down there? Mm-hmm. And they started to hear this language and the people start practicing being present, start priding themselves on next play speed. And then all of a sudden, man, that's, if you can play hoops at all, it's a wrap, bro. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Well, it's, it's funny because you started the story off by saying, I couldn't sit there and tell them about mindfulness. I needed quick words. And I think this is great because obviously it applies to athletes. I mean, anyone out there who's, who's training, who's playing sports, this is, this is a great, you know, obviously literal mindset to take in and, and things you can practice, but this is stuff that you can use in your everyday life. I mean, you just took all these practices and you, and you, and you simplified them. So if I'm, if I'm struggling with something or I'm, 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 you know, I'm not, I'm not focused. I'm like, well, what's important now? Okay. There you go. Focus me in and playing present, hey, living present. Right. And then, and so all those things and coming back to reality, right. All those things, man, you kind of put them into a context that are simple and they can and affect sports. So I love it because well, it's perfect. It can work in, in, in everyday life. It, it can work anywhere. So it's, it's, it's perfect. It's, it's, it's awesome. We're going to do uh when we start doing shows here, you know, in concerts and stuff, you have call and response. You know, you like interact with the audience. Mm-hmm. So we, we have a song, uh, a, whole, a whole theme we'll do throughout the show where basically I'm like, hey, what time is it? And everyone's like, right now. Everyone knows it's always right now. And then yeah. I say, well, where are you at? And everyone points to their feet. And it's like, I'm right here. You know, be where your feet are. And then I say, well, how do you respond? And everyone's like, palms down, man. Like, surf every situation. Instead of like, ah, what's happening? Yeah. You know, you kind of own that. So we'll have this theme that I want people to repeat all the time. And basically, if you can run yourself through a process, okay, what's important now? I'm in the present. What's happening? You win. Like, you're, you're there. And what's important now eliminates 99% of the stuff that comes up in your mind because mm-hmm. you can't control that shit. Mm-hmm. So I just run through that process so fastly in every situation. It just gives me a framework for how to, like, how to process everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. it's perfect. Man. I love it. I love it. The eternal, what is it? The eternal moment, the eternal now. That's yeah, always, and it it's just always goes on now. forever, but it's always now. Yeah, yeah. Like 18, <laughs> 18 billion years of now, I think, or something. Yeah, like that. I remember. I was. I heard that for the first time. I was like, Yeah, of course. Of course, it's always. What do you? Of course, it's always now, right? But you. But 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 to your point, people aren't living like that. They're not living like it's always now. They're living like it's the past, or they're or or yeah. you know that they can somehow get to the future. And then after when that moment arrives, there's like they're not they're still not in it. They have all these plans. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like, well, what happened? Like, People what are, are you so doing? worried? You know, they're so worried to get somewhere else. By the time they get there, they're still trying to get somewhere yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, they've never actually arrived. Yeah, it's like the donkey. Well, you know what I mean? Like the donkey with the of, carrot. Of, <laughs> He's yeah. always chasing the carrot. He just keeps going. Come on, Come on. and you're never satisfied, bro. <laughs> yeah, you, never, you know. You, you never get it because the carrot's there. You already have it. You know, the donkey doesn't realize it's attached to him. He's like, oh, okay. Well, I just- but, but Darcy, think about the linguistics when you were in school. What are you going to do when you grow up? Yeah. yeah. Like, like, why don't ask me what I'm doing right now? Yeah. And ask me how, like, what are you going to do when you grow up? What am I doing now? You're already a magician when you're born. You have all these tools and we make yeah. it seem like later on you get to do it. Mm-hmm. What are you manifesting right now? How present are you right now, kid? You know what I mean? Ask those questions. How much yeah. are you here right now? Not what are you doing later on? Then, then the anxiety kicks in. The intellect goes, I'm so worried about later on. Yeah. You know this. You know this. Yeah. So, no, but it's but great that, you're saying it, man. The people that have to- subtlety of language is so crucial. Yeah. Uh, what are you going uh, to do when you grow up? What job are you going to get? Yeah. What? I don't yeah. know. That's 20 years from now. 
Ask me what I'm doing right now at five yeah. years old or seven yeah. years old or 10, how much I'm yeah. here. So then when I'm 20, I'll really be there. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like ask a kid what they like doing. A prime example of that. And I use this. Um, so, you know, you ask someone, hey, if you had $50 million, what would you do? And they, they, yeah. say, they say all this stuff, right? I'm going to start a foundation or I'm going to do this. And then the, the answer always is from me is like, well, why don't you just do that now? Just do it now. And it's funny because the, when you brought up the kids thing, what do they want to do when they grow up? You know, maybe use a high school kid, for example, you know, you got to think yeah. about this and, and, and kids might say, Hey, I want to, um, I want to, I want to make music or I want to like, you know, be yeah. a podcaster or I want whatever I want to do. And it's like, you can start doing, just do them now. Just do it now. Like you're here. And like, I think that's also a mindset thing. Like, why are we focusing on what are you going to be or what are you going to do or what do you want to do? It's like, just start because it is the eternal now. So if you don't start now, it's like, oh, I'm just going to keep, thinking about doing it later and worrying about it. And then I'm going to try to make it perfect. And it's, it's exactly what you did. It's your story. It's like, yo, I'm just, I'm just, this is what I'm, do it. I'm, I'm doing. Come it. On. I'm just doing it. Even when people, the, like, uh, how are you going to make money? Well, I, I, that's not the point. I'm just doing it. Work. If, uh, if the richest people of all time, when they're starting to die, all of a sudden want to do things with their money that have purpose and they want. And so the wealthiest of the wealthy, is purpose so all i did just like you said when i started off at 19 i was like why not just be wealthy and do what yeah. the fucking wealthiest do and and do it first and just rep this out forever mm -hmm. and then you're going to do the energy and the life thing first but it should be able to stack wealth that's never been seen before because you've got the energy right mm -hmm. instead of sabotaging the energy stacking some bread and then one day trying to come back to the energy before you die like I, I walk around telling people I'm the wealthiest person I've, I've ever met in my life because if I know wealth right, and as this plays out over time, it'll show up in this world profoundly. But I, I'm pretty sure I know exactly what wealth is. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I'm, not, I'm not playing with you. I'm being real. Like, and I'm humbled by that. But I'm like, I, I know what titanic wealth is. And it isn't holding on once you get it. It's knowing how to move it, right? This whole thing is how do I find flow and move energy? And I've purposely pushed away money for a long time because I wasn't ready. I try to deal with everyone gets money and clings onto it. You know what I mean? They think I got to hold it or some shit like that. You don't, that's not wealth at mm -hmm. all. Mm -hmm. So that's the hardest thing to do. Making money is not the hardest. The hardest thing to do is the emotional intelligence. That's by mm -hmm. far the hardest thing to do. So I just did that first and been grind. I call myself an investor. I just invested in that and my life should be an example of what that does. Yeah. And so I have, and this might sound funny, but I'm willing to let in 10, 12, $15 billion and I'll move all of it because I'll keep it moving because you have to, it's energy and then let 30 billion come in. Yeah. But I need to show people how to make that kind of money mm -hmm. because right now they're chasing something that is insane and it's not really it. And so I think my, my role is to have managed the emotion behind the money. And then, so as the money comes in, I don't do anything for money. First of all, Marcy, I do it to raise consciousness mm -hmm. and I'm very disciplined in that money is a result of that. And I, and I think people get caught up doing things for money and it makes you make decisions that aren't right energetically and as you play that out over seven, eight, nine, 12 years, it doesn't do well. It might do well for a year or two, but you have to have a vision for how this plays out over time. So mm -hmm. I'm just an energy investor. You know, that's all I am. And I, <laughs> that's all I am. I think I invested I quite it. well. And I bet in, uh, I bet in infinite, bet on infinite wealth, you know? So, and wealth is a vibration inside. What comes after that is cool. But if, without the vibration inside, you don't have wealth. That's for sure. An energy investor. I love that, man. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's, it's a current investor of what, you know, energy. Yeah. Well, it's it. real. You I know what it. I mean? Like, yeah, I love it. Look at, uh, they just said, uh, uh, who's the guy who runs Tesla? I forgot his name. Uh, uh, Elon like, Musk. 
Elon Musk. They were like, oh, he was the richest man in the world one day. And then two days later, he lost 13.9 billion. Where, where was the money? And so the money was in psychology. The money doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It's not in physical form. Mm-hmm. You can't lose something that never existed, right? It's all made up in people's head what value is and that shit is. Mm-hmm. I can cut a tree in half and make paper and put green stuff on it and write the number one. It's just meaning behind it. You know this. Once I figured out that's what wealth was and it's beyond is you can get to the root of psychology and get to the root of all that because that's what, that's what it all is, I changed everything. And I started to realize it is consciousness. And just think about that. Elon Musk lost $14 billion in two days. Where was it? And what mm-hmm. was it? It was perceived value. Yeah. It's all here. You know, you know this stuff. Yeah. But once you start you're to look right. at it, you're like, well, why don't I just operate with immense wealth and then work on vibration? They don't teach us this at five years old, right? They teach us a math problem and anxiety. Yeah. But I was like, let's learn how to like be abundant, be wealthy, and learn to attract and play that out over 60 or 70 years. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. see what happens. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, speaking of all this and, and, and you know, wealth and talking about companies, Elon yeah. Musk, I was wondering if you can just tell me a little bit about uh, the Lucid app. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah uh, talk man. a little bit about that. Uh, it's a mental training app for athletes. We built it probably about five years ago, and uh, I wrote my first book, Play Present, and it got acquired by a tech company in San Francisco called Lucid, and they were like, we need content and a voice, and I was like, that's all I have. <laughs> and at that point, I was like, I was two days away from having no, like, no dollars. My wife was, you know, eight months pregnant, and I was like, you know, Source, you better show up here, man. I've been serving, like, and then it showed up, and they acquired my book, and we spent the next year and a half building that app. And I put 200 MVPs on that app. And an MVP stands for meditation, visualization, and powerful self-talk. So a little like five-minute technique. We tried to make these little five-minute things for people. And even calling them an MVP is different than calling it mindfulness or meditation, right? Mm -hmm. Because deep down, everyone wants to be an MVP. I'm like, let's just go do one. Let's go do an MVP. So yeah, yeah, so we built Lucid. It was a great experience, man. And uh, it was my intro into like the tech world and learning about startups and funding and uh that's when i started practicing being on a microphone a lot it was the start of me becoming a recording artist Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i had to record over and over and over again and i got real comfortable you know on a mic yeah yeah that's cool you actually um before we uh before we got in this call and when i reached out to you you actually sent me some of um some of the some of your work you're doing there and i i've never heard so i've heard um, like it's almost like it's essentially a guided meditation more, yeah. more or less, but I've never heard it over beats that like I like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I've heard it over like background music, you know, where it's all kind of like, you know, mysterious and all that. But like you're coming with some beats. I'm like, this is like a nice, like a nice vibe. And then you're coming yeah. in with it. So it's different. And I've never I've never heard that before. It's It's completely new to me. It, it just it just came, you know, as I've been recording and doing these reps for years, I was like, OK, I'm getting better at something. And then music just kept calling. And it was like, why don't we do the coaching and the meditation to just put music that, that I enjoy? And, you know, music is like food. It's not for every. I mean, it's like certain dishes aren't for everyone. You got to find what you like. And so I, I work with producers that just make a sound that, you know, it's cool. You love it. I love that sound. It's not for everyone. But I was like, this is what I vibe with. And I think culturally, we can connect a lot of people to this stuff without getting lost in the word mindfulness and shit. Mm-hmm. They're just like, man, that's a dope beat. Mm-hmm. You know, like I could have that on while I'm lifting weights. I put that in my car when I'm rolling. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll send you, I'm releasing an album in a couple of weeks. Some of them are all meditative and some of them, man, Darcy, they go, you know, they're designed to like, this isn't to relax you. This is designed okay. to get it going, lift weights, 
Yeah. It's a day you don't want to practice and you got to get out of bed. So you got to raise energy. You know, every day is different. Mm -hmm. So I designed music to either bring you down into the zone or get your ass up, you know, into the zone. Yeah. Um, so, and, you know, and in general, in practice, you got to get up. It's a theme. And, and for big games, you got to come down. In, mm -hmm. in general, that's what I've noticed, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. so. Well, you know what I like about that medium is, so for me, you know, obviously being someone who is mindful and I practice and I meditate and all that, when I listen to music, I can actually get almost into that state. I'm yeah. super present, like almost, you know, yeah. it's like this hyper awareness because you, you're, and you're, and you're just there, you're just there. And that's a, that's the beautiful thing about music. Music is, I think one of the rare times when people are truly listening to it, that if they, even if they don't know what mindfulness is, they're present, like they're really, really present and they don't want it to end. And they're just there. Because they know it's going to end and they know and they're not looking for it. They're just like here, you know, and so to, to now bring those elements together, you know, uh, I think it's I think it's beautiful, man. So I'm looking forward to the album because uh, like I said, I only heard, you know, you send me some stuff, you know, sit down, relax, all that. But to hear that there's going to be some some stuff to get you going um, oh, yeah. as well. That's that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Listen, there's a song I sent you today uh, called No Evidence. And it's about when you feel all these emotions, like you're in danger, but then you're like, wait a second, I'm not in danger. And, <laughs> yeah. and, that, beat, and that beat goes. It's an uplifting okay. one. The other one called Ray of Hope, it's got an R&B feel to it. So all of them have different feels, but the album coming out January 30th is called Enter the Zone. It's got two warm-up songs that kind of like bring you in and then eight fucking heat. And, nice. then, and then to cool down, you know, kind of take okay. you out. Okay. You know? so, so the idea then, for that is kind of like, hey, I'm going to the gym or like maybe I, yeah. I got to work out. I'm getting up, put it on and then kind yeah. of flow through into my workout. And then, yeah. It, you know, every day, like you don't do the same thing with your body every day. Right. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, man, like my hips a little sore after playing yesterday. So I got to do this, this and this or my foot. Same thing emotionally or mentally. You're like, man, I had great energy for four days today. I'm flat. Don't know why. Just how it is. Yep. Um, so I'm going to deal. I'm going to get upbeat music. I'm going to raise my pace. I'm going to try to get myself into that zone. It's going it's to be a lot. Or, mm -hmm. you know, before like an NBA finals game, dudes are trying to come down. You know what I mean? They're like, yeah. we don't need to get up for a game. It's like, how do I come down? So yeah. you just you kind of read where you are. And the music can help kind of get you. The album's called Into the Zone. So it's yeah. designed so you can enter the zone. Yeah. You know? I love, I love that, man. I love it. I, 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 yeah, those two tracks you sent me right before you went online. So I haven't even listened to them yet, but okay. I do, I do have some, uh, some stuff planned, uh, some workout action. So, you know what, I'm going to vibe to that a little bit and check it out. And, uh, so you said the, uh, your album comes out in, uh, on what day? January 30th. I'll, okay. I'll do my first show. And then we're also going to release, uh, the album that night too. I'm going to try to have it up on all the streaming platforms. You know, all okay. that's a process for me to learn how to do all that. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, by the time this comes out, your album will be out, so people can definitely check it out. Now, right. you know, we're almost running out of time here. I just want to ask a couple quick more questions now. Sure. I think this next one, you've probably already touched on some of these things, or maybe you haven't, but I like to ask it uh, just to give people some action items that they can walk away from here saying, like, you know what, okay, you know what, I love what Prem is saying. Um, yeah. I, I want to start taking this stuff seriously. I want to start bringing this into my life. So are there three things that people can do right now to start a mindfulness practice like right now they listen to this podcast and like okay i got the time i'm gonna start right now what would they be do this first thing just start with this principle to your life work on being where your feet are so the start mindfulness is your conscious you're aware so i'm sitting here my feet are here i'm talking to you darcy every ounce of me is, is with intentionality trying to be there 
So that's something you can do right now. Even someone listening right now can go, oh, all I got to do is listen. I don't have to do my to-do list later. Just be where your feet are, right? So you, you just start with that and you can do that right away. And then a really big one is what's in your control. You know, like just think about that. in every moment, what's actually in my control and what's in your control, Darcy, is how you respond. So you just start with I'm where my feet are and I'm going to choose my response to every situation. I'm not going to react. I'm going to choose my response, which means usually you take a breath and then choose your response. So just, just start there. That's the start of managing yourself, starting to incorporate your power and be where my feet are, choose my response. I can do that right now. And you just start just like that. The very mm -hmm. first thing you do. Mm -hmm. And, then, and then, then remember, progress over perfection. Nobody is perfect at this. So give yourself permission to be a human and try your best. I'm a human. I've been doing it for a while. I'm not perfect, man. <laughs> you know? <I> yeah. <laughs> perfect, man. I love that. Uh, find your feet. Kind of just keep the ground. Right away, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm here, right? That's the whole That's idea. It. It's like, I'm here. Okay, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. I'm here. Yeah. I love that. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of it, man. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, before we go, is there anything that you want to, you know, say or, or leave us with? Yeah, just, just a great talk. I can't believe it's done already, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm grateful for this, you know, engage in what you're doing and then don't take it too seriously. That, that's kind of the magic I go with in life, like fully engage in every part of life and then don't take it too serious you know <laughs> that's perfect brother man i appreciate you i'm looking forward to uh, uh checking out the album and the tracks you sent me just now so i'll put those right. on when i get into my workout and uh thank you right on darcy thank you man appreciate it man Huge. all right okay take care okay right all on right. man thank you for listening to the back to basketball podcast if you want to support this podcast you can do so by clicking the link in the show notes subscribing rating and leaving a review for the podcast as well as following us on social media. We thank you for your support and see you in the next episode.